Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. So we're doing chapters 9 and 10 this week from the 21 Irrepeatable Laws of Leadership. And so far I have to say that um, from all the indications that I'm seeing, people have been getting a lot out of, out of these, whether they're on a live call or listening to the recorded call, because I'm seeing PV jump exponentially the last couple of weeks since we've been doing this. So... Um, I think it's helping people focus and helping people keep on track. And um, I love John's message about that, you know, the law of magnetism, which is law number nine. Uh, It's funny. We've always heard that expression since we were kids that birds of a feather flock together and you always want to hang around with the right people. A lot of times we come into, whether it's this business or anything that we're doing, uh, you know, we have people that have been in our lives, some for good, some for not good. And sometimes in order for us to get ahead, uh, we have to not necessarily totally give up, you know, our past acquaintances because obviously we always hope that they're going to want to move forward with us. Um, But as you move ahead and want to be successful, you want to surround yourself with other people that are into success and they're hardworking and want to get ahead in their lives. A lot of times you run into people that, especially when we're contacting people for the business, they don't want us to succeed because that makes them look bad. Well, you don't want to hang with those people. They might still be your friends. But what happens is you just need to choose to maybe not spend quite as much time with them because it just it's a drain on what you're trying to do. And unfortunately, a lot of times it might be family members or close friends or people you thought were close friends, uh, and they're not interested in, in getting ahead and moving forward. So what we need to do is, and a good example of that is um, going to things like Summit or Super Saturdays, or things where we can get together as a group. And it's an interesting thing when you're in that atmosphere of people who want to get ahead, people that have a purpose of life, a joy for living, and uh, want to help other people, it's contagious. You really want to be a part of that. And I think it really uh, is a motivator uh, to help us get to where we want to be. Um, most organizations and groups and even sometimes at work, a department, um, you know, generate people that are have similar beliefs or might even be like a similar age, background, attitudes, the way people view something or, or tend to behave towards different things, uh, different backgrounds, some... Um, 
personal experiences, personal circumstances that help to shape people's lives, uh, whether it's ethnic background, social origins, the way they were brought up, or how much education that they have. And so people that have like qualities tend to attract each other. So in order for us, one of the things that, that really stood out as I was thinking about this and pondering on it, if we want to attract People that want to move ahead, want to do better, want to become better, we ourselves have to do everything that we can to be the best we can be. And, of course, doing stuff like reading these books or uh, listening to positive, uh, you know, CDs in the car, whatever it happens to be, um, and us becoming better will help to attract those types of people into our lives and, and other people to get ahead. And when you do that, you'll find that all of a sudden your business will take off because you are not only doing the things that you need to do, but you're also attracting people that are duplicating your efforts. And that's one of the big things with network marketing is the duplication of effort and the fact that, you know, you're you're not – reliant on doing everything yourself there's other people duplicating what you're doing and your business grows um any thoughts as you were uh reading this dave i know you mentioned about building your brand and so forth well it's just the whole thing i i it's like if i put a brand down if i put if i define myself and put it down on paper that's one thing now if i try to validate that on online, I'm unable to do that. It's not represented. Um, I've been trying for days putting keywords, combinations of keywords in, in Google AdWord keyword planner thing, you know, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. And it tells you what people are searching on on the internet. And I've got right. all kinds of variations of things that have to do with my brand and there's it's not it's not represented. Um, so I'm at a slide that's at about the just shy of the 30-minute mark on that branding equals social media success webinar. Right. And it gives and it gives the five uh, strategies for um, oh, where is that thing um, for competitive brand strategies. And the first one is well, the one they choose that they highlight that they assume most people are going to be in is the second one, and it's choose new ways to compete in the same space. In other words, be better than everybody else around you kind of thing. Um, That's what most people are doing. Um, The first one, though, is defining uncontested space, and they call that blue ocean, Mm -hmm. red ocean space. And so I, I got a feeling that's where I am in that area and that I, I just downloaded an audio book that the blue ocean uh, strategy audio book um, so I can listen to it tonight it's about six and a half hours and I will get through it before I go to bed I guarantee you will you would you say that the blue ocean for you and the thing that you might do better and the people you might attract coming from a veteran background that that would be your niche in relating to and attracting those guys or women uh, that maybe other people wouldn't be able to 
to do because you've lived it. You know what it's all about. Well, and you see, can relate yeah. to them. Yeah. I don't have a problem defining the brand saying who I am. The right. The challenge is finding existing interest groups online and on Facebook okay. and on social media, searching groups out, putting in keywords and hashtags and looking for that particular representation. And it's real feeble. There's not a lot of – I mean, if I put veteran in, of course, I get a million hits on the VA. And if you put mm-hmm. veteran health in, you get a gazillion hits. But getting that specific thing that's me, no one's doing that. No one's doing what I think I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know it. Maybe I'm just well, not realizing Maybe, Maybe you're being a little too defined and maybe need to – fish in a more broad area for now until, and then as you're talking to people, um, then you kind of can kind of narrow it down as you get to know people more. Maybe that's the way to attack it. See, here's the the challenge with that, is that that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Okay. But I'm not, like, if I stand and talk, I told you about all the people I met in Nashville that weren't beach body coaches. Right. I mean, I'm in communication with almost a dozen people who are friends now on Facebook. They're not beach body people. They're people I met in Nashville. Okay. Now I'm communicating with them, but when I talk to them in person in Nashville, they got my brand. They understood it. Right. Uh, but then so now I send them so now to it's a translating Facebook it page. Online. It's not represented online. And the thing is, Every time I've had a face-to-face with somebody, I get confirmation that I'm on the right track. Okay. However, if you go online and search for that, I'm in an area, I'm in an area, my brand is not addressed anywhere. Not, not, not even like it's either everything, like everybody's at the VA, mm-hmm. um, or – or they're in like um, there's like no in between. There's no representation. Right. I can't, I can't find even a small group of keywords that mm-hmm. that well, are are that when I look at the results, I say, yeah, that's my brand. That's where I am. Do this. Send email me with the specific as specific as you can what you're looking to do, and then we'll move on and and go. But Victoria works in search engine marketing. That's the company she works at. That's what they do. So maybe she might be able to offer some insight into that. Maybe we can even have like a three-way call or something. And and, uh, she's not here at the moment, but um, just in the interest of... This whole thing about magnetism. The whole thing about magnetism and getting people, you know, that whole attraction thing. Right. When I'm I'm face-to-face with somebody, my brand is, is, and I'm speaking with them, it's obvious. They get it. They have that right. aha moment. This guy gets it thing. Um, and that's great. It's just I haven't been able to duplicate it yet electronically online. I haven't been able to. Um, now, I can do it. I can put it up there. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't have a, a group or groups that are specific enough to that thing um, that will yield me the kind of results. I won't, uh, it'll be too, way too broad. Right. You know, I don't want yeah. to be everything to everybody in the veterans world because there are all kinds of different little offshoots of people doing mm-hmm. weird things. Yeah, yeah. So um, 
in the book, on page 103, if you have the book in front of you, one of the things that it had us do was kind of write down the qualities that you would like the people around you to have. Did you take a minute and fill that in? Maybe that might be a way to narrow it down. Yeah, I mean, I sat and I actually wrote that, you know, people who are smart, people who are leaders, take initiative, that they're ambitious, dependable, they want to grow, they share my vision, and they have strong morals, and that they're spiritual. And, you know, then the other exercise that was in here is like, okay, you've written those down, that's what you're looking for, are you that person? And, um, you know, I have to say, looking at these, yeah, I think I am. And I'm not 100% where I want to be in all of those areas necessarily, but I know I'm working toward them. Because I I don't think we're ever exactly 100% in every category. But as long as you're working toward it and you have a group of people that are working with you who are working um, toward it, um, because I I love the little quote that's in here. In fact, I, I underlined it. It said, who you attract is not determined by necessarily who you want. It's determined by who you are. Right. And to me, that speaks of, it it almost relates back to the first chapter where it talked about the law of the list. You're going to, if you're, if you're, if you're a five, you're not going to lead people that are sevens and eights as far as all those qualities go. You have to make yourself into a seven or eight to attract people of that level. It's interesting in reading the book that it's almost like all the laws almost interact with all the other laws, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, you attract, it says you attract the type of people that you value. Leaders help to shape the culture of their organization based on who they are and what they do. I know a lot of times I've <coughs> dealt with people, especially bosses, who say do one thing and they're not doing it any of them. And they're the ones who should be doing it. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, I know when I, I mean, when, I, when I was a store manager, I never asked any employee to do anything, including cleaning the toilet, that I wasn't willing to do myself or had done myself. So that way they could never say, well, I don't want to do that. And it's like, well, why? It's like, well, I've done it, and I'm the store manager. You can do it too. (laughs) You know, um, you have to lead by example or people won't respect you. Yeah. Was there anything in the... um, chapter itself that kind of you read that and had one of those aha moments and went, oh, wow, that's cool. That well, really... a lot of it. I mean, yeah. not aha moments, I wouldn't say, but I, I you know, it's it's hard. You can't disagree with the stuff, really. I mean, it's not, it, 
I'm not saying it's common sense. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that, um, it's uh, it's all applicable, all of it. I mean, even if I just read the title of the chapter, I, I, I'd say, okay, again, this is something I need to work on. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, it all makes sense. You know, I have a couple of his books, other books, I think, um, like Failing Forward. and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great book. Yeah, I like where it says if you think your people are negative, then you would better check your attitude. Because I've seen situations, and I'll give you a perfect example. When I was at, at the Red Cross, we had six of us working in our department, and everybody had a great attitude and worked toward helping each other, you know, to make things go and always put the uh you know the the good of the organization at the forefront and then we ended up getting a manager in that I mean the overall manager and he just totally messed that up instead of a, a team working cohesively we ended up with or he tried to make it into like six individuals out for themselves but the thing of it is we had been working together for so long and, and respected each other and wanted to work well together that we basically just kind of ignored their leadership and just kept doing our own thing because we knew it was the right thing to do. Because yeah. think about it. When you're around people that have a good attitude, you tend to feel better about yourself and better and, and feel more positive about things as well. And the same thing, you know, when you have people around you that have a bad attitude, it's like it, it just drags everybody down. And you could have, it, it's funny, you could have 50 people going in a great direction together and then it only takes one person with a negative attitude to kind of like, you know, mess the whole thing up. So, yeah, the other thing I found, too, is that, you know, when you're around leaders that have a lot of energy and that are like, go, 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 um, people following almost inevitably try to keep up because it's almost like they feel um, embarrassed. I don't know if that's the right word, but um, that they're not giving it everything they have. You know, it's the same thing. Like if you have, yeah. if you have a coach that's a, you know that's a diamond or a star diamond in your organization. Well, you know they're working at a fast pace, and you know you want to work at a fast pace too because it's like you know, hey, I'm part of this team, and, and this team's going somewhere, and I want to be a part of that. Um, as opposed to, you know, I've had people go, oh, you know, I'm in this other leg, and you know, I'm sponsored by so and so, and they're not really doing anything. And I'm like. Just go upline. Go to the next person upline above them. I guarantee you there's somebody above, you know, that's running at a faster pace that you can relate to, and they'll be glad to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the other thing is, too, is that in any organization, you know, a lot of times 
you know, I almost equate it to um, sports. Why is it that, you know, if you look at if you look at football, for example, there's what thirty teams in the NFL, thirty whatever it happens to be, it doesn't matter. Do you mean to tell me that the talent yeah. level from the top team to the bottom team is that much different? I think a lot of times it's attitude and coaching and and that type of thing. If you have a good organization and good attitude stemming from the top, um, I think it makes players play harder. Um, they respect the organization and, and want to give it everything that they have. Uh, a lot of times you see, or baseball, they change managers in the middle of the season and all of a sudden a team that couldn't get out of its own way, all of a sudden they win 10 games in a row. Well, how come? It's leadership. And, you know, people with that attitude and, and leadership ability just bring out seems to bring out the best in everybody around them. And um, people just put out more, maybe focus more, or whatever reason. Uh, it doesn't take much for somebody to be down, not have a good attitude, and... Uh, you know, all of a sudden things aren't going right because if if something's bothering you or you're not happy in your environment, you're not going to put out 100% effort. So, you know, getting back to what we were talking about before, and I even wrote a note here on in the margin saying, become the type of person you want to attract. And I think that's the key, and I think part of it is what we're doing with these calls. Uh, reading every week, like I said earlier, that's why it's one of the three vital behaviors because, uh, you know, they know that by us becoming better, we'll attract better people and, and help our organizations to grow. Cool. All right, let's roll on to, unless you have something else you wanted to add about that particular chapter, um, oh, no. we can move ahead. But uh, let me just take a look here to see if um, there's anything else in here that uh, I wanted to touch on. I think that was it for that one. So getting on to Chapter 10, the law of connection. We just touch I love this first part. I think I think this really brings out the whole chapter when it talks about leaders touch a hut before they ask for a hand. I think in an organization, whether it's building this business or any organization that you've worked in, uh, if you know that the people at the top really care about your welfare and your your best interests, you make that personal connection, and then things seem to flow from there. When it comes to working with people, it says the heart comes before the head. That's true whether you're communicating to a stadium full of people as a speaker, leading a team meeting. If you listen to a speaker or a teacher, you don't want to hear a bunch of dry statistics or whatever. You've got to make that connection with people. You can't move people to action unless you first move them with emotion. Um, 
a lot of times when we're talking to people about the business and why a lot of times people kind of fail at it, is they're describing, oh, we get these great products and these great products. Well, if if people don't have an emotional connection of why they need any of those things or why they need to become a coach or, or any of those types of things, you're not going to connect and they're not going to get involved. That's why a lot of times, well, most times, when you're, when you're talking to people, if you can make that connection of something with their family or what they do for work or try to reach them on that type of an emotional level, um, you can communicate what you want to communicate with them because first you took the time to hear them out and, and listen to them. making that connection. I know one of the things, another book that, that he wrote was called something to the effect that everybody talks, you communicate. And I think a lot of that is that just a lot of times people are so absorbed in what they want to say next, they're not really listening to what the other person's saying. And that really comes true, comes through, um, when you're talking to people. Thoughts on that? Anything that stood out? Well, there's a difference between listening with the intent to understand and listening with the intent to reply. Right. A lot of people we talk to are already thinking of, they're not, they're not thinking about what you're saying. They're thinking about how they're going to respond. Right. You know, so if and we, truly, and you know, I'm, I'm understanding to you. I'm a You there? Yeah. Okay. You're a firm believer. You're starting to say. Oh, that, um, that we kind of train people or we teach people sometimes how to treat us you know what i'm saying like if you put up with a lot of crap from people it gets to the point where guess what it's your fault because you didn't right them otherwise you know what I'm saying um if, if i find that if i really intently listen to people and they get they understand that i'm listening then they tell me stuff i don't even want to hear i mean they tell me so much <laughs> stuff they tell me everything you know, right. I mean, because and, and the only reason for that, I'm convinced, is that nobody else around them in their immediate circle it, does that. Right. They're always, you know, maybe they're always trying to reply to each other. So nobody ever really listened to them. You know? I don't know. And, and they think I'm listening. Then they tell me all kinds of stuff. Well, people want to feel important, and people want to feel that what they're telling you is important and that you care about it and that they're important. Um, I made another note here that says, the greater the connection, the more people want to work with you. And that's true. If they feel that they're valued, that's the one word that always comes back to me. People want to feel valued. They want to feel like they matter and that they're appreciated. I know one of the things that uh, wherever I've worked, especially being a manager, 
always take the time to go around and thank people for their efforts and stuff. Because I read something a while back. I've probably talked about this before. <clears throat> Most of the time when people quit a job, it's not because they feel they're underpaid. It's because they feel they're undervalued and that what they do doesn't matter and it's not appreciated. And to me, that's part of this whole law of connection. If you sincerely, you know, let people know that, hey, you know, what they do does matter and, yeah, they're appreciated and uh, you have that almost like a spiritual bond with people when you have you make that connection and let them know, yeah, they're valuable. Their life is valuable. Uh, you really care about them. Um, you know, they'll go out of their way to really work harder or try to impress you or whatever it happens to be. And a lot of times, it's just letting people know that, hey, I believe in you. I know you can do this. And sometimes that's all they need because probably, and I know a lot of people that I, I run into that I've gotten started in this business, they lack self-confidence because all their lives people have told them like, well, what makes you think you can do that? Or whatever it happens to be. And so they need somebody in their life that's positive for a change saying, hey, I know you can do this and I'll help you do it. One of the things that um, I kind of underlined here that kind of stood out to me was talking about connecting with yourself. You must know who you are and have confidence in yourself if you desire to connect with others. It's like how can you connect with others if you don't really in touch with yourself and who you are inside and your beliefs and your feelings Um if you don't believe in who you are and where you want to lead, nobody's going to follow you. So getting to know people, I'll I'll give you an example. Whenever I've gone to speak at various functions, whether it's, you know, because I've had to do a lot of that for different jobs that I've had, uh, whether it's at the Rotary Club or the Lions Club, whatever it happens to be, before I speak, there's always, you know, a meal or something going on before it's time for me to, to... I try to go around and meet people and get to know them a little bit and connect with them even before I start uttering anything about what I want to talk about. And a lot of times that ends up shaping the message in that when you know where people are at and where they're coming from, and you can relate to them better, that connection helps to, um, I want to say, that connection helps you to to get your message across better because now you're discussing it or talking about it in a way that makes sense to the people that you're talking to. Um, And I kind of relate it again to the business in that if we get to really know people, Instead of just everybody we meet going, hey, we get this great business and you really ought to be in it. Well, you don't know if they should be or need to be or whatever it happens to be. But if you find out about them and where they're coming from and what they want to achieve, you know, there's there's times when you can just say, hey, I get that. And here's what I'm doing and I can't promise anything, but this might 
be a way for you to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And then you can give them the message. But but by opening up and finding out about them and knowing where their hot buttons are and what they need in their lives, then it's and they're telling you all these things. It's almost like them they're giving you permission now to say, Hey, here's what we have, here's here's what might help you. And and uh they're inviting you almost into their world and uh when they're sharing that information, uh, you know, you can tell when people start telling you like you were just saying, you know, all of a sudden they're giving you their whole life history. When people feel that comfortable with you, you know you've made that connection with them. And that you can go on and talk to the things about you know, things to them and and get the message across that you really want to get across. Thoughts on that? No, you hit all the points. I hit all the key points. <laughs> Now, it's like feedback because um, I don't necessarily have all the answers. I try to have as many as I can. but um... Well, it all comes down to this, um, for me anyway, that list of things we want people to be, um, the qualities we want those people to have. My top of my list was honesty. And right. that means everything. That means me being honest enough with myself to be able to portray myself and, and uh, you know, project you know, honestly, and, uh, and, you know, I, I, it's kind of like a, it's a no, it's a, um, it's not negotiable for me. That thing, right. You know, the honesty. Right. But I expect it because I expect it, my standards for myself are much higher than I'm sure most people would put on me. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think, um, One of the things that I love about his messages is that he comes from a very spiritual place. I mean, he's a pastor, so it's like a lot of these things, like you say, are biblical principles. And, um, you know, one of the things that we were talking tonight at our, at our, um, at our church meeting was, you know, Jesus' example when he was here and how he was able to connect with people because he didn't come saying, hey, look who I am, you know, kneel down and and, and uh, worship me. He serves people. I mean, like at the Last Supper, he um, washed all the feet of all the apostles. And from what I understand, back then when they were walking through the desert with nothing but sandals, those feet could be pretty gross. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some good leaders have like a servant heart and a servant attitude toward the people that they're leading. And, um, you know, when whether it's with coaches that we're helping or customers that we're helping, the more that they see us kind of serving them and, um, you know, doing what's in their best interest and really trying to help them progress, uh, I think that is what, that's the the glue, I think, that really cements the relationship and the connection is, you know, leading by serving, basically. 
you know, if people feel like you're serving them and taking care of their needs, they want to follow you. And conversely, they'll imitate that. They imitate what they see. And, you know, the old pay it forward thing. You help me, I'll help the next person. And that's what a lot of what we do here. Um, when I, you know, you know my story. When I first started in Beachbody, you know, I had a ton of weight to lose. And somebody was kind enough to show me the way. And, you know, now when I help other people to, you know, start a program, get in shape, and they come back and tell me what good results that they had, a lot of times they turn around and pass it on to friends or become a coach so they can pass it on, um, you know, and and that the effort multiplies because you help serve somebody, they'll do the same, serve somebody else, and it, it just, you know, it just makes for a great atmosphere where you have all people working to help each other out and, um, you know, doing it for all the right reasons. Yeah. And a lot of times yeah. when you go through challenges together with people, you form a bond, um, whether it's whatever it happens course, to be yeah. a tough situation at work or you have a perfect example going through a war situation. Those are probably some of the closest people you'll ever feel a connection with because you went through some pretty serious stuff together. In fact, it talks about um, Robert E. Lee. People, his troops loved him, and they would follow him for anything because he used to visit his troops at their campsites the night before any major battle. And um, a lot of times, you know, went through the, the battle the without having any slept because he took that time to to meet with people and let them know he appreciated them and, you know, and that he was not only leading them, but by their side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He interacted with soldiers, which was uncommon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think he genuinely, genuinely, from everything I've read, <clears throat> or even how they portray him in uh, movies, like Gettysburg or any of those movies that he truly oh, yeah. loved, the, the the troops that he led, and and conversely, oh yeah, you know they they would just rally around him and say, hey, you know, we're with you. Let's, uh, you know, we're ready oh, to yeah. do anything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you can, when you can uh, command that type of respect and loyalty. I mean that's that to me that's one of the purest uh forms of the law of connection. I'm trying to remember exactly who it is. It might it might be the gentleman that runs the Chick fil A's. I, I remember reading a story that um you know a lot of times when there's a grand opening or or whatever it happens to be or somebody gets sick or there's a major something going on, 
he takes the time and he goes and he visits those stores and interacts with all the employees in the store, making them feel like they're the most important people in the world. And so there's always a great working atmosphere there because of that. Yeah. You know, I remember, too, um, seeing things on the news, uh, the first desert storm, when Schwarzkopf was in command. He used to go, and, and he was always on the front line, out with the troops, and, hey, you know, what can we do for you? How can we make it better? Um, yeah. How do, you not, how do you not want to fight for somebody like that? Um, I know reading a story about uh, Herb Kelleher, who is the found, one of the founders of Southwest Airlines. Um, I guess they, um, you know, because of his leadership, that whole organization really pulls together, and and they, you know, it shows when you're flying. It did the. Everybody throughout that whole system from the time you're checking into the uh to the terminal to on board to the whole bit, it's like hi, how you doing? Thank you. Uh thanks for flying with us. We appreciate your business. You know, if you make customers feel important and they're making a connection with us, uh well fears don't hurt, but I mean that's a Unless I don't have any other choice, that's the only airline I fly out of Manchester with now. Because because of the value, because of the connection with staff, uh, even pilots will come out a lot of times, hey, how you doing? You know, they greet you at the door coming in, hey, I'll be a pilot today. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that anywhere else. Usually they hop in the cockpit and that's it. So... Any other thoughts on this one? Oh, no. And I think we'll wrap up. Yeah, I, you know, uh, I think, you know, the, the common thread amongst all these different laws is becoming a people person, becoming someone who genuinely cares about people, uh, improving yeah. ourselves so that we have a better influence on, on other people. And, um, you know, I think if we follow that and apply it to what we're doing with our beach body businesses, they can't help but grow. Yeah. Because people want to be around us and people want to... When you, when you portray that attitude and you're upbeat, positive, people know you're going somewhere, people want to... People want to be around pe- people that are going somewhere and know where they're going. And so many times I hear people, um, you know, the world is cold, people don't communicate, etc. I can't tell you how many times 
you know, I'll either be walking by somebody or going in the store or even when I'm out for a run. Everybody I pass when I'm out running, hey, how you doing? And it's all of a sudden, you know, they get this gloomy look on their face. And all of a sudden, it's like their face lights up because somebody cared enough to, to kind of say, hey, how you doing? You know, oh, somebody noticed me. Cool. Um, it makes a big difference. And a lot of times, you never know what's going on in people's lives. They might be, you know, a breath away from, you know, not even wanting to have a life anymore because they're that discouraged, they're that down. And just putting out a good word with someone and and sincerely trying to connect with them uh, might make all the difference in turning their lives around. I've seen it happen. So cool. I will um, end the call. We've been on for about 50 minutes. But uh, hold on for a second. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.